Isn't God great? Has he been good to you this week? Amen. People was in the hospital, ain't in the hospital yet, God's working. People that have procedures coming up, we know that God's going to work. Amen. Let's see your hand if you believe that this morning. He's going to work. Why? Because we're calling on him, and he's leading us to pray. He's leading us to have faith. You know, the word of God is believed by some, and some it ain't. You know, there are people who, who um, you know, if I ask you right now, let me ask you this question. Can you prove there's a God? Preacher says we can't. That's my next question. Can you prove that he ain't? It's by faith. We take the word of God by faith. We take the word of God knowing that, I think Brother Jesse pointed this out last week, that uh, how many authors were you at? Jesse, did you leave? Counting money. All righty. Um, over 1,500 years, how many authors was it? I forget, this just came in. Anybody know? 40 authors over 1,500 years, and they're writing things about Jesus Christ before he ever came, centuries before he came, hundreds of years before he came, and we believe that by faith. Now, that's an evidence for us. We have evidence but the people who don't believe, they believe by their faith. They have faith that God don't exist. They have faith that the universe had this big gaseous belch and everything came into existence. We came from frogs and fish and monkeys. and They have all this. They have faith in it. They believe in it, but it's not right. So what we have here is we have two sides. We have one side, which is the side of Light, and we have another side, which is the side of darkness. What's in the middle of light and darkness? Nothing. It's either light or it's dark. Kill the lights in here and, and be able to plug all the holes, and it's going to be dark. Ain't no in the middle. When the light goes out, it's dark. However, we have a society of people Sadly, many of them are claiming to be Christians. I put it in quotation marks, and we'll cover this in a little bit. Who like to ride the middle? There ain't no middle. If you're on the middle, you're on the devil's side. Hello? If you're on the middle, you're on the devil's side. Chew on it all you want. Ask all the people you want the questions. I'm here to tell you today that there is no middle ground. See the light or darkness. No dust to dawn. Let me ask you a question. Do you know somebody who used to be active in church and they're not active anymore? Ask yourself that question. Do you know someone who used to be an evangelist or a pastor or did that kind of work and they're not serving the Lord now? Do you know someone who has turned their back on God? Well, we don't know many of them. If so, pay attention to this message today. You see, whenever we start the race with God, we need to be finishing it. If I run a race 
and run to my legs, can't stand it no more. My lungs are burning, my side is just doubling me over. And I'm running and I'm running and I'm running and I'm running and the finish line is right there. And I stop. I did a lot of running maybe for a lot of years. But if I stop, I did not finish the race. You still breathing today? You ain't done yet. Amen? You still got to be working for the kingdom of God. You still got to, you know, that's the only thing that's important that we do. Brother Murphy, you're not passing the church anymore. You're still working, ain't you? For God. He didn't tell you to quit. He said, do this now. That's what you do. You do this now. You serve in whatever way he asked you. Maybe you don't have the legs to do this anymore, but you ain't done yet. And you can't pull your list of ideas for the last 75 years out and say, look what I did. You haven't finished the race yet. It ain't over. Can I get an amen if you're with me on this? I need to know. We ain't finished yet. You guys got a video for us now before we play it. How many NASCAR fans do we have? See hands. What's next weekend? No, yeah, no, 26, two weeks. Daytona 500. NASCAR fans, I bet you's at the race, you'd be yelling. Yeah. And so in light of the Daytona 500, which we're not going to watch anything for that, but we're going to watch a piece from Talladega from 2009, and we're going to talk a little bit this morning before we get into the Word while we're at it. Now go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead and show Go ahead and kill the lights there, Chuck. That's Charlie, if you don't know. It's So 
but you ain't dead yet. You got to finish the race. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. I'm going to read a lot here, but we're not going to cover all of it, I don't think. But we're going to, uh, hey, I got words to the word, uh, songs. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. We'll stop right there just for a minute. Who is going to do the judging? Jesus Christ. Now, brothers and sisters, we are going to walk out of here today freed if that one piece of scripture gets a hold of us. That ain't my place, and that ain't your place. Jesus Christ is going to do the judging of the living and the dead. There's going to be some people who ain't going to heaven. There's going to be some people that are going to heaven. Jesus Christ is judging both sides. His job, not ours. Amen? That's freedom. Message is done. Let's have shake hands and let's talk and go home. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He writes him a letter. Paul, by the way, is at the end of his road. He has been diligently working for Christ. Diligently. Been in and out of prison. Paul, whenever he went to a town, he didn't ask what kind of hotels they had. He wanted to know what the prisons was like. Because he's going to get up, he's going to proclaim the truth, he's going to get in trouble with some high-ranking people, and they're going to throw him in jail, and they're going to beat him up. But he, you know what? He crawled out of the car, and he kept on going. Why? He was ordained by Jesus Christ. And he knew who he was serving. He brought the word. And in fact, if Paul was a quitter, we wouldn't have a whole lot of the New Testament. Thank God he wasn't a quitter. Now we can say Paul wrote this, but let me tell you something. They ain't his ideals. It is the Holy Scriptures. Ordained by God, it's what he wrote down. There's a place in there where Paul says, I'm not sure if this is me or if this is the Spirit I'm ad-libbing. It made it to the Scriptures God gave us for a reason. It's there because he said so. We do it like that and we get on a whole lot better terms because we can start looking at Paul as a human being and say, and in this message this morning, well, maybe Paul was just thinking this way. Can I tell you something? There's philosophies going around in this world right now where we can bring up a subject right now. We could probably talk about abortion this morning or we could talk about human trafficking this morning and maybe not be on the same page this morning as believers sitting in the same room. Can I tell you why? It's because we like our ideals, we want to think what we want to think, and the Bible is very clear on all of what I just brought up. Not Paul's ideals, Paul didn't just have an off day, no. These things happen the way they happen, there's a reason for it, and it's recorded so you and I get to learn. Amen? Preach the word... Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. That would be patience and teaching. For the time will come when they not, will not endure sound doctrine. Brothers and sisters, we are there today. I'll get done preaching today. I hope somebody who's lost gets saved today. I hope that somebody who is struggling today will walk out of here without chains on them 
And you know what? There's going to be some that'll leave that's going to make some phone calls and say, was he right on that? I don't agree with that. That'll be fine. It's the same word. It's the same spirit giving the same word. Are we in this time frame? Because they will not endure sound doctrine. This is what's going on with the United States of America today. We don't have any sound doctrine. We don't have a foundation to stand on, and it's rocky. Jesus Christ said that a house divided against itself will not stand. He didn't say it might have a hard time. He said it will not stand. A local congregation divided against itself will not stand because guess who ain't at the head of it? If you're divided, Jesus is not at the head. If your home is divided, he's and the she's, the husband and the wife. By the way, that is the only way it needs to be. No Adam and Steve, it's got to be Adam and Eve. A man and a woman, that's how it's supposed to be. Period. If you don't agree with that, we love you and we want to teach you what the Word of God says, but we're not going to apologize for it. We're not going to try to water it down so that you get to feel good about it. There's a church down the road that would love to have you. We would love to have you to teach you, but I understand. Because the Bible, we're fixing to read it. They got itching ears. They surround themselves with teachers. They, they get what they want. And we feel good because, well, this guy, he's a well-known minister, and he says this. No, it's the Bible. It tells us what we need to know. And that's the problem in the United States of America today, brothers and sisters. They've been too many sissies standing in the pulpit. I'm going to call it what it is. Bob gives us $10 million a year, man. We can't operate without him. No, God owns everything. Tell Bob the truth so he can be set free. That's true. Now i got a glare. I wish that light was out now. I'm the one that fixed it. It's my own fault. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. You can cut your toenails and fingernails on Sunday. God ain't sending you to hell, okay? I growed up with a daddy who wasn't a Christian, and if you pulled a pair of nail clippers out, he would get all upset. Am I right on that? Can that happen? Can you cut your toenails on Sunday and not be thrown in hell? You can. Those are fables, old wives' tales. Understand the difference between a fable and truth out of the word. Hand me my Bible up here because I can't flow this thing around like a, thank you, sweetie. Ain't sweetie something else, y'all. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. How many of you got a ministry here today? If you didn't raise your hand, you need Jesus Christ because you're not saved yet. Because if you, if you have, have been saved, you got a ministry. Okay? We don't raise our hands in church, Will. Okay. Understand, you, understand where you're at, okay? Be ye watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul's getting ready to get his head chopped off. How many of us are going to stand up for Jesus 
and still stand up for Jesus, knowing we're in prison, and they're going to chop our head off tomorrow or next week. Folks, people will stand up for a lie only so long. Not many people will give their life for a lie. It's another piece of evidence. I can't prove that God is real. These guys thought something was happening. They knew something was happening. And it was that kind of anointing that poured out on everybody else. They went to their death. We won't miss a Super Bowl tonight because it's the Super Bowl and God's around for the other 51 weeks of the year. Almost to hit a nerve. I didn't mean to hit a nerve. Oh, it's okay. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. He's at the end. He's done, finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul says, I have kept the faith. I've been fighting and I've fought a good fight. They might not have won all the battles. Not everybody got saved because they didn't want to be. They did not want to submit to Jesus Christ and him be their Lord. But I did everything that he told me to do. I fought the good fight. And now that I'm in, at the end, I have finished the race. And I kept the faith. That's the only way that you can fight the good fight. And that's the only way you can finish the race is if you keep the faith. Lose the faith. Everything you've learned, everything that's in the Bible, it doesn't mean anything to you anymore. We don't serve anymore when we lose the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. There's a righteous judge. He knows the thoughts and the intents of all of our hearts and he's going to judge us someday. And guess what? When we fight the good fight, when we finish the race, when we keep the faith, there's going to be a crown of righteousness laid up for us. And you might say, well, I don't know if I want a crown. If you're serving God, there's something in you. You want that crown. You know why you want that crown? Not so you can walk around heaven and say, look at me. My crown's bigger than yours. What did you do? Or what did you not do? That's what we do here on earth. That's not going to happen in heaven. If that's in our hearts, mm, we may not be there. I did more than you did. Says who? Says who? And When we get that crown, we're going to bow down before Jesus and we're going to lay it at his feet. And we're going to say, you know what? I don't got a crown. Because of me, i got a crown because of you, Lord. It's the work you did. That's what he's talking about. See the reward there? He's going to be before the Lord. He's going to have a crown. He's going to be able to lay it at his feet, but we're going to read on because we ain't got to where we want to get yet. Did I say that right? Verse 9. Be diligent to come to me quickly. He's getting ready to die. He's got some stuff he needs to get done. Now here's where I want to go. Everybody say Demas. For Demas has forsaken me. Having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus for Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. 
Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for, the, for ministry. And Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus. Bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come. And the books, especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. Now get this. You also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. I want to talk about Alexander the coppersmith first. Alexander the coppersmith was the guy that knows how to do everything. They named him as a coppersmith. It'd be like I say, Wayne Murphy, you know, well, who's that? Wayne Murphy, the undertaker, the preacher. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I mean, there might be 20 Wayne Murphy. Is there more than one of you? I mean, the name. <laughs> but he points him out, and what are we talking about here? See, this is where you put things in context. He's talking about doing ministry work. He is not talking about this guy making cups. This guy was a, a Christian. He was a Christian. Have you ever heard of a carnal Christian? Anybody ever heard that term? Anybody ever used that term? Oh, they're just a carnal Christian, or I'm just a carnal Christian. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard of a heavenly devil? It's because there ain't no such thing. And can I tell you something else? There is no such thing as a carnal Christian. Can't love the world and love God. He tells us that. We're going to get to some scriptures in a minute. But there ain't no such thing. But this Alexander the coppersmith, he did much harm. He was the guy that kept the divisions and the strife going. He did much harm. He hurt me. He did these things. And I pray that God will reward him accordingly. And by the way, Timothy, watch him. Because he's that guy. Does everybody know who that guy is? You got one of them guys? One of them girls maybe? Never happy about nothing. Can't open their mouth without whining and complaining. That was Alexander the coppersmith and he did much harm. What harm did he do for the growth of the church? You think God's going to sit by and idly with that? He is not. If we think that, then we are greatly fooling ourselves. But he's talking about Alexander the coppersmith. He named him out, told what he did so Timothy would know. He already knew who he was. Know who he is. Keep your eyeball on him because he's behind the scenes stirring up the junk. So that's biblical when we do that, if we see that. Keep our eyes on it. But now let's talk about this fellow by the name of Demas. Demas was noted in the Bible in other places than just here. He was a helper and a companion to Paul. A lot like Pastor Charlie and I. Where he goes? He out too? He counting money, Charlie? Where you at? Oh. He's on the back road. Charlie's about gone, y'all. <laughs> he's on the back road. At least he's over there away from the door. But a lot like us. See, God has done these things. These guys that was working with him, he put it together the way he wanted it put together. And he had these guys working together, a lot like Pastor Charlie and I. And, and Brother Randy, he's one of our deacons. 
our Sunday school teachers, Brother Willie, Brother Wayne, he, he does some Sunday school teaching now. He gets to wear all kinds of hats. Freedom. But they're put together the way God wanted them to be put together. This Demas was there. And I'm going to show you some scriptures in a minute. He, he was into it. He was in the work. He was hanging with Paul. Can I tell you something? You hang with whoever you want to hang, super spiritual guy or not, it doesn't mean anything other than you're doing a work for Jesus Christ. And guess what? You can fall. Don't think you've reached a degree today that you can't fall. If you think that, you're in trouble. Saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm glad for you, but you ain't finished yet. You can fall. Right? No, we, we, we got some different beliefs with different doctrines that go around in this world, but can I tell you today, you can because Demas did. You see, Demas was a guy that was in the know. He helped to preach. He helped to reach people. He helped to feed people. He helped to do everything they did in ministry. He was there. He was a minister. And now he's gone. You call them backsliders. They come up with other excuses because they treated me wrong. Can I tell you something? There's a piece of scripture that we like to use. Woe unto the man and to all men speak well of. Now, as Christians, we like to apply that because Brother Eddie, who's a Christian, and Brother Ken, who's a Christian, we don't like each other. Can I tell you that's not right? Because there are darkness and there's light in this world. Now, if all the Christians like me, Woo! But if all the unchristians like me, God says, woe unto that man. Because you ain't going to please both crowds. It means you're riding the fence. If you're riding the fence, where are you? Right. But Jesus said, love one another so that all men will know that you are my disciples. So we're Christians now, so we cannot apply that scripture to us. Amen or not? I'm willing to talk it out. I got all day. We can't apply it to us. If we do, then we have not done what we do when we take our, our uh, uh, covenant for the church to rightly divide the word. Can't happen. That was a side note. But he was a quitter. That's who Demas was. He was a quitter. He was a backslider. He was a shirker. That's who Demas was. And that's what he did. But he was in the know. He was, in, he was into it. I'm going to show you some scriptures. Philemon, it's only one chapter in there. We're going to look at verses 23 and 24. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, greets you. So do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. He was there. Colossians 4 and 14. Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you he was there but then we read in Timothy he ain't there why wasn't he there because he loved this present world now the scripture gives us two forms or two ways to look at the world one is the world system the one we know today and it doesn't agree with anything that we believe out of the Bible it's going every which way 
okay to be gay and get married. It's okay to have abortions. It's okay to traffic human beings. Had our forefathers known that, we wouldn't have had a problem with slavery if they didn't know how God really looked at things. It would have never happened. But then we have, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Which world is it? We have a world system and we have God's creation and the people that's in it, who he loves. He's not willing that any should perish. There's nobody walking the face of this earth that God does not want them to be saved. Don't care what they've done, what their background is, where they're at, made poor decisions, bad decisions, good decisions, doesn't matter. He wants them to know who Jesus Christ is and have him come and live in their heart. The world system is the philosophy, the way of thinking. Now, I heard a fellow, and I'm not going to get political on you, but I am a little bit. I heard a fellow in a debate back during the presidential debate say he was a Christian, and then he said it was okay for abortion. Do you realize that when a woman gets pregnant before she knows that, and we're adults, so we know what I'm talking about here. I don't need to spell it out. If I do see me after church, we will sit down and have that conversation. But by the time she realizes she's pregnant, guess what's happened? There's already a heartbeat going on. And it's pumping its own blood. And a few weeks later, little fingers start coming on the hands. And a few weeks later, the organs are done. And by the third trimester, you've got a baby that now everything just needs to expand and grow. It's all formed. It's done. The baby has the ability to be able to cry. How do we know that? You see, the terminology comes back from the people that like to fight against both sides of it and say, well, what is it inside the mama? Well, she ain't raising a doggie in there. She's raising a human being. Is it a blob or is it not? No, it's a human being because the Bible says, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. He's talking to Jeremiah, but that applies to Ken, applies to Wayne, applies to Eddie, applies to every one of us. I knew you before you were formed in the womb. Now, I'm not trying to say I understand what you've gone through if you've had that happen, but I'm telling you now, Jesus Christ can set you free from any guilt that might be sitting on you. You can be saved. And you can walk around without the luggage on your back. You don't need to carry it. But I'm telling you, if you haven't gone there, and young ladies, if that might be a thought that's in your process, if you make some poor decisions in your life, the Bible says that do not do it. Don't listen to the world. Because the world has to like, it likes to come up with its own ideals. Let me give you a good example. It's not a human being. We say, well, what about if it's rape? It doesn't change. It doesn't change. What about if it's to save the mother? When do we decide who gets to kill one person for another so the other one doesn't die? Do we do that? Do we do that with babies outside the womb? We don't. See, that's the worldview. That's the ideas that we have. I've gone off on a tangent here, and I have, but I'm going to roll with it. It doesn't matter. There was a little baby girl that was born at 24 weeks. She was only about a pound and seven ounces, fit in her daddy's hand, and by the time she got a few days old, she was under one pound. They saved the child. You tell me what the difference is. If a doctor had chosen to abort that baby just before it was born, just before it happened to happen, it's called abortion and it's legal. But now that it's outside the womb, if he was to take that baby off the mother's breast and it dies, he'll be getting got for murder. You tell me what the difference is. Let me tell you, God says it ain't right. We don't have the right to take lives. 
We don't have the right to take lives outside of a womb. We don't have the right to take a life that's walking around no matter what they've done. We don't have that right. And that's what the Bible says. And the world says different. What about the nine-year-old little girl in Nepal up in the mountains that this guy goes and he visits this village. It's a mother and just she has three other children and they're smaller. She's nine years old. She's a pretty little girl. He goes up in these mountains and he's searching. He is a scavenger. He dresses nice. He looks nice. He uses the right verbiage. Don't Christians do that sometimes? We learn the language of the lingo, dress the right way, shake the hand, give the smile. Oh, you look great today. When the whole time in your heart you're going, oh my goodness, what's she wearing? But he goes up there and he looks at this mother. He scoped them out and he understands that they have a need. They're barely getting food on their table. Barely able to eat and survive. And he says, you know what? I need to take her down into Kathmandu. That's the big city. Down in there and I can get work for her. I can get this so that they can have some, y'all can have some money. And I'm going to get her established. I'm going to look after her. And everything's going to be just fine. And we're going to send some money back. You all need it. And here, by the way, here's you $100, like 10,000 rupees, a half a year's wage, and I'll be back. So he takes the little girl down. They go into this place like a restaurant. It's where you can go and, and pick out the girl like going to a restaurant. You can order a cheeseburger or a steak, and all these young little girls are sitting outside. And he does the breaking in period, if you get my drift, to make sure she's going to be compliant. Because I can't give any money to your family if you don't serve. She doesn't even know how to get back home. She's nine years old. She's five days away from where she grew up at. She has no way to figure out how to get back. And she gets used by men who have never heard the gospel, by men who like this kind of thing. I know this is uncomfortable. Guess what, church? It's what we need. If it hits on you, let the Lord do something with it. Because he's talking to us this morning. And they rape this child 20 times a day. Every day of her life. Let me see your hand if you think that's right. Because if you do, I invite you to meet Jesus Christ. And if you have that mindset in your house, there's the door we would invite you to leave. Because we're not going to teach it. We're not going to stand by it. Amen. None of you think it's right. None of us think it's right. But can I tell you something, Mr. or Mrs., and it happens both ways. Whenever you get on the Internet and you start looking at stuff you shouldn't be looking at, you're creating money. You're creating a need to fill this gap. You know, if I go over here and buy two before's from Lowe's and I buy all that they have, what are they going to do? They're going to buy more. Because Wayne Murphy might need some two before's too. And they need to supply his need. Don't sit there and don't raise your hand because you think it ain't right and you're going on sites you shouldn't be going on. Because you just as well be over in Nepal in this little restaurant where you go in and pick out which one you want and give me a cheeseburger while I'm at it. 
and we're going to pull the curtain on the booth that we're in, and she's going to be screaming, and nobody's going to care. That's called human trafficking. And the world says it's okay. It ain't okay. Not according to God. I don't know where Demas fits into this, but we're going to go with what God gave us. It ain't right. There's a lot of things that ain't right in this world that the world says is, and we like to pick and choose out of the Bible what we like and we don't like. Can I tell you, there is no middle ground. See, Demas, when he started falling, it didn't happen. You know, desert, it, that word, by the way, that, that he's forsaken me means deserter. He deserted. Right in the thick of battle, soldiers desert. They don't just make their mind up one day and say, I'm done, I'm out of here. Uh-uh. It's a process. How many of you ever got mad and left church? I've got my hand up because I did. I left church one time, went somewhere else, and I was going to show all of you. And the only one that hurt was me. It's the truth, ain't it? You remember? I started moving my way back, and then I was going to move my way on out the door. You remember that? I said, this process I'm going through with my license, you take and do what you need to with it. I'm out of here. Then God went, hey. And now we'll see where we're at. <laughs> he does that sometimes, don't he? You ever been smacked upside the head by God? Yeah. He's he done some smacking already this morning. But it was a process. Demas just didn't wake up one day and say, uh-oh, Paul's in jail and I ain't going no more. Paul was in jail everywhere he went. Demas was with him. But it's a process. He started loving the world, the ideals of the world. And the world took him. And what did he miss out on? He missed out on Paul's friendship. He missed out on having a good name because here we are 2,000 years later talking about Demas and what happened. Why is that? Because God put it in the Word so we would know. And if time lasts, we're going to talk about Demas some more. We're going to be taught by Demas. But Demas, he... He moved out, this worldly system that we have. I'm going to give you one more scripture, and we're going to close. I had a whole lot more I wanted to do, but I just don't feel we're supposed to go there. Proverbs 14 and 14 says, The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways. Oh, I'm right. The Bible says different. Oh, I'm right. The backslider will be filled with his own ways. He will talk himself into, I'm right. I know what I'm talking about. And the whole time, the devil's on his big quarter horse that's a professional cutting horse calling him from the herd. And that's what happens. Because the backslider, he thinks he's right. He can't be taught. He will not listen. He knows everything. And this Bible, when I read up here earlier, teach them Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Hang in there. Don't stop is what that's saying. Be patient with them. Let the Lord work. It might take 10 years. Be patient. Let the Lord do his work. You sow the seed. You got loved ones that's done that, done this. They've stepped away. Maybe they've never stepped in at all. Be patient. Continue to pray for them. Continue to sow the seed. Don't not quote the Bible when you normally do just because they're in the house. That seed might grow into something.
And if you've been one that's done that, maybe you're in the place right now. You're not where you used to be. Can I tell you he's the God of second chances? Remember the fellow he said, bring Mark? He's good for me in ministry. Wasn't it Paul and Barnabas? Yeah, Mark was with them. Paul and Barnabas, they've been going out and they took Mark with them. He's a young fella. He, he got a lot of want to, and, but he ain't got a lot of backbone to go with it, you know. He likes for the tide to change every other week. Anybody know anybody like that? I think Jude talks about widening on every wave of doctrine. No, he, he, he wasn't good for the work, not at that time. So these guys are getting ready to go out. Barnes is wanting to take him. Paul says, he ain't going. He's a sissy. I ain't got time to look after him. We have got to take the gospel around the world so people can be saved. I don't have time to babysit this child. And 25 years later, 20, 25 years later, I guess it's probably right. At the end of his life, he says, and bring Mark. He's good for me in ministry. You see that? God is the God of second chances. You still breathing? You can get picked back up. Somebody hurts your feelings? You know, we, we did this video series. Most of y'all didn't see it because it was a Wednesday night. Jesus can show up on Wednesday night. People ain't coming to church. But we did this video series called The Bait of Satan. And when your feelings get hurt, you get bitter. And then you got hatred. Hatred in the Bible is called murder. That's what Satan does. It's that bait. Oh, Danny, you deserve to be hurt. They don't even like your music, son. You deserve to have all this. As a minister and as a Christian, I cannot do that. Amen? Danny, they don't like how you part your hair and you don't even part it. <laughs> as a minister, I cannot tell him you got the right to be mad. You got the right to go do this or that. No, you move when God tells you to move. Because if you move when he don't tell you to move, you've done gone and stepped out of his will and misery will be there. Whenever he gives you a word that's going to be encouraging, we think it was supposed to make you feel good. You will feel good when the word comes inside of you and you get set free from the junk you carry it. Does that make sense? That's where we get to be free. We get to feel good then. Oh, that was an uplifting message, Brother Ken. It will be uplifting if you get saved. You are uplifted. You're heading to heaven. You've got a whole life to serve the Lord. But I don't want to give up stuff. That's what happened to Demas. He didn't want to give up the world. How many of you would be here tonight if I told you Jesus was going to be here? Really? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. So guess what? We're going to be praising and praying tonight. And I can't think of any better way. He'll be here. He'll meet you. And you know what? Technologies give us a DVR. Just don't go on Facebook and stuff to find out the scores and who fumbled in the third quarter. Then you can watch it real time. That's what I do. I like to watch football. And I only watch the races for the wrecks. You can put it on about 15 on the speed thing. You can watch them. You see the smoke come up. You stop it. You back up. You watch the wreck. Wait for the last three laps. That's when it's exciting anyway. I don't have time to watch three hours of a circle. And I've paid money to go to the races. But you, you get what I'm talking about here, right? 
See, Demas, he was trying to have a foot with Jesus, and he was trying to have a foot in the world, and what happened to him? He fell. He quit. He was a backslider. He was a shirker. Mark had probably the same problem, but Paul says, bring him to you. That's the nuggets that's hidden in the word. You see that? It took some time. Maybe Paul has to have some work done on his heart too. You ain't dead yet. God's still working and you ain't finished yet. Stand to your feet with your will. You got a song in your heart this morning, bub. Stink bug? Sorry, Ben. This morning... I asked you to come because when you come, you're coming to Jesus. He can meet you where you're at. But if pride keeps you from coming, from asking, there's a much bigger issue going on inside of our hearts, folks. Maybe there's something you need to be set free from. Maybe there's something that the Lord spoke to your heart this morning and you want somebody to pray with you. I don't care who it is. If they're a Christian, if they're a believer, let them pray with you. Let them pray for you. But come this morning. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this doesn't mean anything. You ain't on both sides. You're just on one side. But if the Lord is calling on your heart today, don't walk away with the junk you came in with. I do this every Sunday. Be set free from the stuff that holds you back. Be set free. Let God work in your life. I can't make it happen. I can't read your minds and your hearts. I don't know. But he does. And he uses the words that we preach for his spirit to talk to our spirit. And he'll knock. I know, man. He knocked on my heart's door when I was going to church just so I could be with girls. It's the only way I could see him. And he knocked on my heart's door and like a knothead. I waited till I'm in my mid-30s before I ever listened. Now, I don't. I do regret it, but I can't undo it, so it's over. But I often sometimes wonder what my life would have been like had I gave him that 15 or 20 year head start that he wanted in my life. What would be going on now? What kind of things would I have experienced? Where would I be at because I know I need to pray to him and ask him his opinion. Do I buy the car or do I not buy the car? Hey, I bought a camper, took me five years to get rid of it and I barely gave it away then because I didn't ask him about buying it. I really believe that's what he told me, but I did get rid of it. But I'm telling you, I would have asked him about everything, and that's what I do. That's what we all need to do every day. Father, what is going on today? What do you need me to do today? What do you want me to do? Should I do this or should I not do this? And then we follow him. Once we learn his voice, it's a whole lot easier to hear him. And you know what? When he tells us to do something, it'll match up in this. He ain't never going to tell us to do wrong. You understand? We can pray amiss. If we're praying against other Christians, can I tell you you're praying amiss? It's that simple. It's that simple. Jesus Christ tears down all this stuff. There's no more pain and suffering. You know what? There's a whole lot of that no more pain and suffering we can have right here on this earth because we keep stuff bottled up. We keep stuff coming inside of us. And it becomes the filter that we put everything through and it distorts the Word of God. Does that make sense? Come and pray this morning. Maybe you know of somebody that I started out with this morning. You know of somebody. Come and pray for them. Well, I can talk to God. Yes, you can. 
but we can come up here and we can get to a place at the throne. We can make that step and say, Father, help them and help me help them. That's what we need to do every single day. Come and pray.